Hello and welcome back to Sex Here and Now, the podcast dedicated to promoting sex positivity and inclusivity. As always, I am your host, Matt Lachman. I'm a licensed therapist who specializes in sexual health, sexual dysfunctions, and overall sex therapy. One thing to note, this podcast does contain language that some may find offensive. But with that being said, let's dive right in. Hello again, everyone. I'm happy to be back and in the swing of things and producing more award-winning content for this podcast. What awards have I won? Great question. The answer is none. But one can fantasize, can't they? Speaking of fantasizing, I thought I would take this time to address some of the questions that have come into me about a topic that is pretty amazing. The topic of kinks or fetishes. So this whole episode is going to be dedicated to highlighting those healthy and amazing and quote-unquote normal individuals who have a desire that lies outside of vanilla sex. We are going to be talking about various different kinds of kinks out there, from water sports to BDSM to role-playing and many more in between. I'm going to be spending some time talking about how to support these individuals who openly share what their kinks are with you, and how to navigate your emotions as well. And I'm also going to be talking about what to do when you want to tell your partner or someone you are having physical intimacy with that you have a kink. As always, this episode is not going to answer every question out there or dive into every single detail about the kink world. This is just your appetizer to the world of kink play, and I hope it provides you some guidance and wisdom. So what is a kink? Well, as a jumping off point, I think it would be a good idea to start with what isn't a kink. There are many wrong definitions out there. Some state that these are just abnormal urges that you have based off of some hidden trauma or experience that has manifested itself into deviant behavior and blah, blah, blah. When I hear this, I can understand where it comes from, being that I am in the field of mental health and studied early psychoanalysis with Freud, but I am shocked that it is still something that is talked about. Thankfully, sex positivity in king play has become more mainstream in the past decade or so, and although it is still mocked in movies and TV shows and shown to be something only promiscuous or hypersexual people do, I am happy that kink play is getting highlighted and hopefully we can start shifting the perception to more of a positive one. So what is a kink? In general, it is anything that falls out of what we would consider traditional or vanilla sex. This includes loving touch, romantic talk, kissing, vaginal penetration, masturbation, and oral sex. And let me make one thing clear. There is nothing wrong with vanilla sex. Nothing at all. This is how a lot of individuals learn sex, especially cisgendered heterosexual individuals. When we bring into the picture the LGBTQIA community, things get a little different. One of the most common forms of sex in a homosexual relationship is anal penetrative sex. Yet, this is definitely a kink in the heterosexual community. So there you go, females. If you like anal sex, you have a kink. But back to the definition of a kink. This would be any sexually driven actions that are outside of quote-unquote normal or traditional vanilla sex. 
there are many subcategories of kinks, including BDSM, group play, fetishes, voyeurism, exhibitionism, and so on. Some common kinks that you hear about are the ones previously mentioned. When you think of kinky behavior, everyone goes to BDSM, dom, subplay, and whatnot. And while yes, these are kinks, and ones that we will get into in a minute, I would like to point out some things to my listeners who don't think they have a kink. Ready? Here's a list of kinks that people think, well, aren't kinks. Hair pulling, biting, nipple play, dirty talk, which is different from romantic talk, spanking, quote-unquote rough sex, sex without protection, public sex of any kind, and as I said before, anal sex. If you like engaging in any of the aforementioned list, more than just on occasion, you, my friend, have a kink and should be proud of it. So, as I mentioned, there are some kinks out there that are more well-known than others, and I'm going to do my best to give a brief overview of them to all of you. Again, this is not all the information out there, and I do not pretend to know everything about these specific kinks. There are a ton of books out there relating to kink, uh, including one by Dossie Eaton and Catherine Litz called When Someone You Love Is Kinky, which I encourage you all to purchase and read. So being a sex-positive therapist, it is my job to know as much as I can so that when my clients come to me seeking support and assistance, I can help them. So let's start with the most common, BDSM. When most people think of kinky sex, they think of BDSM, a four-letter acronym that stands for six different things. <laughs> Bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadism, and masochism. BDSM includes an extremely wide range of activities, from light paddle spanking and dominant submissive role-playing to bondage parties and pain play. So if you fall into the range of those people who like some pain during sex, here you go. You would fall into this community. One of the biggest misconceptions of BDSM is about it being abusive or manipulative. And I can see why people think this. In our society, anything that falls out of vanilla sex gets a stigma. So when people see someone tied up, their spidey senses go off, and they automatically think it is a threat, and that someone is in danger. But here's the thing, and this is something to always remember. Anything, and I mean anything, that happens between two consenting adults is their business, and something that we should support not shame. At the end of the day, BDSM is actually about trust. When trust trumps the possibility of harm, the result can feel incredibly intimate and erotic. You've heard of safe words before, right? If it was so abusive and manipulative, why would there be this agreed upon safe word? It just doesn't make sense. Now let's break down the individual terms a little bit. As I said, there are several terms for BDSM. Power play or domination and submission would be the Ds because one lover has control over the other, at least nominally. Sadomasochism, SM, which involves spanking, flogging, and other types of intense sensations. And bondage and discipline, B and D, which involves restraint. 
But as I said, the current term is BDSM. When you think about it, people can have sex without conversation, negotiation, or any emotional connection. But in BDSM, the players always arrange things in advance with clear, intimate communication, which creates a special erotic bond. Some call it the most loving, nurturing, intimate form of human contact and play. Now, I'm going to move on, but I promise to do a whole episode related to BDSM in the future. All right, now with that being said, we're not going to move too far out of the BDSM range. Let's look at another kink that is out there that takes a ton of heat, or urine. You know what I mean. And that would be piss play, or water sports. Now, as I said, this would also fall into the realm of BDSM play as a majority of individuals who enjoy piss play do it from a dom-sub aspect. The reason I'm focusing on this one over others is because bodily fluids are involved and that tends to hit people right in the face. No pun intended. People tend to boil water sports down to just golden showers. And while yes, everyone has heard that term before, I think, Thank you, porn. It is more than that. People engage in this activity for a number of reasons. For one, there is the notion that it is taboo or considered naughty by our society. So people are drawn to it for that reason and for that experience. Another reason that people don't think about, but they should, is that people like getting off to their partner feeling relief. We have all taken a piss before and we all know how good it can feel. Well, your partner wants to be involved in that experience with you. You hear it all the time. I love pleasing my partner. This is just another form of it. And let's make one thing clear. Urine is completely safe to ingest, if that's what you plan to do with it. While urine isn't 100% bacteria and quote-unquote germ-free, It has been shown to have antibacterial and antiviral properties. The bacteria present in urine is similar to the so-called flora, which is living symbiotically in other places in the body and the mouth or gastrointestinal tract. The amount of urine that may or may not be ingested during water sports or piss play is not enough to cause a virus or illness. So there you go. For those of you who want to engage, piss away. Alright, so for this mini break, I thought I would go back to talking some about trust and how we build it in our relationships, either romantic or platonic. I already talked about the trust equation in a previous episode. That equation is sort of a framework when it comes to trust. Now let's talk about an actual strategy. Part of having trust is giving up control, right? So let's look at giving up control. If you're used to planning your date nights, from where to eat to what to do after, give your partner a chance to plan the next one. Be totally hands-off and allow them to surprise you. The reason for this is because it's important to give your partner enough space to show how trustworthy they can be. 
The best way to build trust is to allow someone to be trustworthy to you. By backing away, you are allowing your partner to step up and display their care and affection. So as we get back into our discussion on kinks, let's shift to what we are supposed to do when someone mentions they have a kink to you. I want you to think of it in the most simplest of terms. Each and every one of us brings a lifetime of experience and belief systems when we form perceptions about things. React to your friend as if they are telling you they loved caviar when you, and me, think it tastes like garbage. Do you toss that friend aside or shame them because they simply like caviar? Or do you step back and think, well, I love chocolate, probably just as much as they love caviar, so who am I to judge them? I just don't have to eat it if I don't want to, and I won't because it tastes like garbage. And then you just go about your friendship. That is how it should be, and that is how I want you to handle situations when your friends approach you about this. But unfortunately, a lot of you won't do this. A lot of you will still shame your friends and think it is weird and unnatural with what they are doing. Why? Because that is what our society says about sex. Sex is bad, man. So when we grow up learning this, it is easy to see why when our friends come up and say, Hey, I like it when my partner fists me. We jump back. But now we know better. And now you know better. I'm going to expect more from you listeners. When you are in this situation in the future, do me a favor and think of the caviar chocolate analogy. And be curious and open-minded. Remember, your desire for getting your hair pulled or using whipped cream and their desire to be fisted are both kinks. So as I wrap up, one of the last topics I want to talk about involves how you approach the conversation with a loved one when you have a kink and they do not know about it. Now there are a few things that I think would be helpful. First, stop shaming yourself. What you have learned today is that having a kink is perfectly normal and the majority of people in this world have one. Your desire to curve left or right off the traditional sexual straight line is very healthy and normal. Find some books and read some research that is out there about your kink. Learn more about it and see where you lie. Do the work internally first and get secure. That also means potentially finding a sex positive therapist who can provide you with more support and guidance. Once you feel secure in yourself and confident, then you can open up. But I want you to know this. Your partner may have some hesitancy. Remember, they grew up in the same kink-negative culture that you did. You actually have a leg up on your partner because you have been doing some work on yourself and your kink, studying it and discovering it. Make sure the conversation is one that is open and free from restraint. Allow for them to have a reaction. 
My hope is that you have chosen someone to where this won't be a relationship ending issue. But in case it reaches that point, find your supports, go to counseling, and know that what you want should be accepted, respected, and taken into consideration. That does it for this episode. As always, you can follow me on Instagram for more news and updates about the podcast at sex underscore here and now pod. Look at my website, sexherenow.com, for more information as well. And you can like and follow my page on Facebook, Sex Here and Now. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay sex positive. Mm-hmm.